Thank you for tuning into this episode of Question This Life. You can listen to the podcast at questionthislife.com as well as all of the main podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and get involved. Video episodes are exclusively available at questionthislife.com. So, hello. How are you doing? Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. It's good to be here. Thanks for listening to the show. It's really awesome. Um, before I start this episode, I just want to kind of um, talk about that a little bit. I've been really blown away that there's some listeners to the show already. Um, I have a handful of downloads from the various sources where this podcast is available. And it's blown me away, to be honest. I know it's, you know, anyone who, who's creating content and has their own podcast and has hundreds or thousands or millions of listeners and subscribers, this might not seem like a lot, but this is the first time I've, I've actually uh, created a podcast. And I'm kind of blown away to see that there's, there's some people listening. And it's, it's double digits at the moment, but I'm hearing, uh, I'm seeing a lot of the statistics and so on. And there's people listening from the Seychelles. There's a couple. There's th- uh, four people in North America. A bunch of people in um, the UK. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just crazy that that something something that it's amazing. To, it doesn't cease to be amazing to me how much of a reach we can have nowadays just using the facilities and options available to us. It's really, really cool. And I just want to say thank you. If you are out there and you're listening and you're paying attention and you've got involved with this conversation, with this uh, podcast, with this show, it's really appreciated. I'm going to keep making this regular content. And so far, the show has been uh, essentially a couple of podcast episodes like this, where I've kind of spoken myself and a few episodes of a good conversation I had with a friend of mine, really interesting guy. So I wanted to kind of bring it back to square one where it's just me talking to you guys personally. And I wanted to cover a couple of things today regarding one thing that we spoke about uh, in a previous episode that it felt really good to to kind of get that off my chest and to kind of talk about it openly was this idea of realizing that you're not in the right game in life and just pivoting and changing and doing something else and and trying to find that game in life that you are passionate about the one that you really want to be in the one that you really want to grow in um it's been it's been a real process for me in the last you know th- three or four years or so on just kind of like taking stock and reimagining what my life could be, what I actually want to be doing, what do I want to hold valuable in my personal life, how do I want to make that a possibility through my work, what kind of work do I want to do. And for me, the idea of being this, uh, you know, digital nomad is very appealing. It's this... um, 
you know, for, for, for anyone who doesn't know, <clears throat> the uh, digital nomad is someone who can work anywhere, essentially, from a laptop, maybe some minimal equipment. Usually it's, there's a lot of people who do uh, freelance work, freelance creative work, you know, design, graphic design, web website development, testing. There's a load of things you can do, um, you know, promoting products, making videos, creating content of all sorts. And uh, it's almost like it's been a very lucky time in, or at least a very fortunate timing for me that I planned to move my life into this kind of freelance digital-based mode only one or two years before that's kind of been forced upon people through uh, the times that we live in, you know? I don't want to get too much into that because personally... I feel like there's a level of uh, mustn't grumble, make do and mend in my attitude, you know. I just feel like we need to press on and, and get on with our lives as much as, as much as we can. And for me, that has meant, you know, embracing this kind of working from home, understanding what it's like to sort of be the judge, jury and executioner of your own business, really keeping yourself accountable for the amount of work you do, the amount of effort you put in, uh, all of those things. And it's been a real learning experience, to be honest. It's, 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 quite, it's quite crazy how, how much the little things matter to you when, it, when it's really all down to you. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not cutting any corners. I'm not doing anything half measure. I'm, I'm really going for everything I do. Every, every single client relationship I have, I try and build it well. Every single piece of work I do, I try and deliver it well. I'm always attempting to go in above and beyond. I want to get those five stars and a good review and a, a solid uh, relationship built with each client. And all of that takes time, effort and energy. And for the last year or so, um, I would say predominantly due to these restrictions and so on that have been placed on us there's a growing number of people you know there's so many people now who who work from home and for me it was <clears throat> I've been doing that for a couple of years but in this recent time where there's been no access to things like coffee shops uh, you know open areas where you can just kind of hang out and pull out your laptop and so on and kind of get on with stuff it's it's we've we've kind of been forced to be at home you know even the people who have traditional jobs and who go to offices normally a lot of them are at home and uh it's funny because i chose the working from home life myself i made the, the conscious choice to to move into that space a few years ago before everyone else has kind of been forced to do it um and i did that because it's it's definitely the the choice that i wanted to pick so if the choice is traditional business situation, working in an office, you know, you've got your manager walking around, you've got your teams, you've got your politics going on, the HR team, the financer over there, and you've got to get this done and you've got to get it through them people and all that kind of stuff. That whole thing, I've gone, I've gone over it in the episode uh, Too Agreeable for Your Own Good. I think it was episode two or three of the podcast. Um, is It just wasn't the life for me, you know, living in that kind of 
daily politics battle. It was just so not my cup of tea. Um, and I purposefully chose to move away from that. And when I when I did that, little did I know that it, it would become this thing that so many people are doing and that there would actually be no other option or, or very few other options than to do that for a lot of people, in, myself included. You know, I had no idea that this, 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 all these restrictions and so on would take place. And I had no idea that that would, uh, would affect people's ability to work in traditional um, situations. So for me, it's been, it's been really cool to, to, to be working from home and to be really managing my business and doing everything as possible from home. However, there, there has been a part of me in this time, not just this one year that everyone has been doing home office, but just generally speaking, since um, I started working from home, working for myself, where there are aspects of that uh, office situation that I do in part miss. I miss somewhat the camaraderie, the cooler water cooler talk I, t I spoke about it before how I was always the one in the office situations that I've been in that kind of like held everyone together socially I would organize all the events I controlled the music I controlled the food orders and all that kind of stuff because I was happy to take on that responsibility because it was fulfilling for me and it was probably the, the, the one of the parts of the, the the job that I actually enjoyed the most was being that the kind of like social um anchor of the, the the business so when you go from being in a situation where you're not fulfilled you're not uh doing well or you know you, th there's a limit to how well you're doing you're just not in the right game and then you leave it it's all good you know you move I moved on I went off and did something else and then I'm now at the point where I can kind of take stock and realize there are certain aspects of that kind of sharing the space with other people and so on that I did actually like to some extent so all of this is basically a long-winded way of saying um, I've introduced something new into my life into my working life which is a membership to a co-working space so there's loads of them now all over the all over the world it's a growing growing thing that many people are embracing and this particular one that I've picked has a in in normal times you know not 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 restricted times they have a huge event schedule. They have all kinds of, um, you know, incubators and, uh, you know, social events and all this kind of stuff going on. The guy who invented it or founded this particular one had a vision of uh, Andy Warhol and his creative bunch in the 60s in London and how... You know, you can see from these old photos and the stories of that time that these creative people were sort of uh, from all kinds of different backgrounds, all different disciplines, walks of life. They were kind of brought together by this uh, one artistic dude and the, the uh, cultivation of ideas and creativity that happened in that time was really quite breathtaking. You know, we, we, we can see that from the art and output that happened from those people um but uh you know that 
that there's definitely something to be said for putting creative people in a room together and just seeing what happens. So I'm not, I've joined this, this place and at the moment I've actually not even really spoken to anyone, to be honest. It's a big mix of, uh, uh, I would say it's probably about half the people there. Let's say there's, I don't know, on a, on a daily basis I'm seeing, you know, there's, there's a few thousand people there. It's a bit, a couple of big facilities. And I would say half of them are uh, startups, very early stage startups or more advanced startups. And very often they have their own rooms and sort of wings of the area, their own little labs and so on. Then I would say there's another chunk of people who are, um, they look quite young. I think they're probably students, maybe like master's students, undergrads, postgrads, that sort of thing. And then I'd say the other big chunk is people like me. You know, I'd say about 40% of the people that I'm brushing shoulders with there are entrepreneurs or freelancers or uh, one-man band business owners who needed a space to essentially work. Now, it's really cool. It's a good, it's a good vibe. There's a lot of like productivity going on there's different rooms for the different ways of working so there's a room where you have to be completely silent you know like a sort of library study type room there's a there's a working room with loads of desks and um you know it's really nicely fitted and so on where you um uh you can work a little bit more uh normal noise level so you can take a call you can chat to the person next to you whatever um <clears throat> then there's like completely relaxed like lounge areas they've even got like you know play areas and sleep pods and all that kind of stuff and I'm, I'm not sure how much I'm going to use all that because for me actually the thing is that I love working from home and I love that I have the flexibility to work from home the problem is that um, the problem is with my exact line of work I'm doing a lot of filming projects at the moment where I'm either filming a product or myself and I need to essentially, I'm lucky in that I have a nice one, nice big living room in the flat that I'm in, which can be quite easily converted into a really lovely studio space with a desk and a chair and a lo lovely background. And it's, it's actually the same uh, studio space that you see in any of the video episodes from this podcast and also some of the imagery that I've put out on the website and so on. Um, you know, I use this kind of uh, mix of items and set items to design something that I think looks really professional and slick and cool. And it's in this sort of, um, you know, like boho style, a lot of like light wood a lot of plants, a lot of glass, metal, that kind of thing. And that that all achieves a very specific look. You know, you've got this sort of uh, YouTube style video nowadays where people expect this kind of look. And it's, you know, a lot of warm backgrounds, a lot of intelligent use of shadows. It's quite casual. It looks very like, it looks like you've not done a lot of work to, to, to prepare it. And that's, that's, from all of the hard work that you did to prepare it. It's like one of those things, um, you know, it's it's unpronounced and subtle, but it takes a long time to achieve that look. 
Um, but anyway, I digress. The point I'm trying to make here is the the studio space that I have at home or the, the, the living room that I can convert into a studio is good to a point. It's been very, very handy for me and it continues to be for making these videos. But for example, I had a, a client request the other day to make a video. I did my usual thing. I set up the set, got the script ready. Everything was cool got myself ready for, to film. I filmed in front of the camera. I did the the script in my usual set from home. I sent it to her and uh, she was very pleased with the quality of the video. She said, the set looks great. You look great. The, the script is awesome. The quality is really cool. I'm really into it. But she said, it just doesn't fit. My She's like, my business is corporate. It's finance business related that's the audience it's not this kind of uh you know like young youtube audience it's not like a kind of youtube tutorial video this is a a, a promotion for a, a a serious corporate recruitment company or something like that so i sort of went back to the drawing board i gave her a few options of how we can kind of fix this and get this project done to a satisfactory level and one of the options I offered was, because luckily I had just been uh, confirmed as a guest. First, I got a guest pass to do this uh, co-working space through, through a friend of mine who was already working there. And I asked this friend of mine if it's possible to book a meeting room as a guest. And he said, yeah, you can. So I booked this room as a guest and I offered it to her, my client, as an alternative scene set for her video so it, it, because it's you know in this co-working space it's much more of a uh, traditional th this particular room was a much more traditional business room you know it's I would I would equate it to essentially like a boardroom white and blue walls a big black desk uh, a flat screen tv on the wall you know minimal wires a big window um, and so essentially, luckily she went for it. She said, yep, that's, that's what I want for the video. So I gave myself a two hour meeting slot, which is the most I could book. And I brought with me all my stuff. So it's not, again, this is the kind of like going back to the digital nomad thing. You want to be able to have all of your stuff that you need to film, uh, or to, or to complete your work. It has to all be able to be carried by you alone. So that's that is the case with me, but it's it's a lot to carry. So I do have like a couple of big bags, uh, one on each shoulder, and a backpack. In there, I've got a couple of studio lights. I've got uh, you know some plants to make it look nice. Um, I had a, I, I brought some papers and a couple of extra things to put on the desk so that it looks like it's actually being used as a desk. Um, my uh, teleprompter, a, a whole a whole bunch of stuff, basically. Um, kept it quite minimal, but it's still, you know, you still have this kind of baseline of stuff that you've got to bring. And I, f I filmed the video, I got it done, and I sent it to her, and she was really happy. She was like, yep, this is exactly what I needed. You know, I knew that you could do it from a quality and style perspective. But now that you've you've kind of like understood my brand and understood my needs and offered this other solution, it's perfect. I'm really happy. Five stars, paid, done, great client. And she's going to hire me for all of her videos, all of her videos moving forward. So that was like a really uh, uh, pivotal moment because 
I, th- I think when I, like I said, when I booked the room, I didn't even have the membership. By the time I actually got to the day where I was using the room, luckily they had accepted my application and I was a member. So now I know that every single time I have a video that's more corporate or they require a little bit more of a classic office look, I can always book a meeting room in this uh, co-working space and and use it to film my uh, content. Now, it's funny because when I left the office world, I probably would not have told you that in a few years I'd be excited about going regularly to an office space. But the reason that I would say that, or I would have said that in the past, is because I was naive to how much I would, first of all, how much I would appreciate having that second option. And secondly, how much of a difference it makes to go to an office space where there's productive people working and all this kind of stuff. And you don't have to be involved in any of the politics. So it's funny because when I'm there, I can sit at the desk and I'm just kind of getting on with my work. I'm, I'm, I've got the headphones on, I'm editing something, I'm writing something, whatever it might be. Take the headphones off, walk myself to the kitchen, get a coffee, um, you know, go to a meeting room, have a call. I'm doing basically like, like my life. But I, I am also, it's like alone together. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by people. They're all doing their own thing. And similarly, I can also hear the hustle and bustle and the, the patter and the, the back and forth that's going on within the startups. So I was in a, a big kind of study area working and there were some people, pardon me, there were some people sharing the desk with me. Just going to take a sip of coffee. So there were some people uh, sharing the desk with me and they're all part of a startup. And uh, I could hear them saying things, you know, that it's so funny. I could hear them like, okay, and, you know, in this investment cycle and and how are we, oh God, the client and and the client is so unhappy and we we need to up the up the up the ROI and and uh, make sure we hit the KPIs and all this kind of stuff and I can just hear the 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 stress and the worry and the the the, the you know you can hear the positives as well that they're obviously friendly with each other these these uh, people who work for the startup but even that it's kind of like I can hear the the superficial level um, you know work chit chat friendliness that's going on which is nice, don't get me wrong, it's, it, it is nice, it's a sort of, uh, uh, it's, not, it's not a terrible environment to be in when you're in that environment, but it's not always the most genuine, you're, you know, you're very often just talking very superficially, it's like small talk, and a lot of it is to do with how a lot of the time that you spend is, is, is worrying about the clients, you know, this is something that I've, I've spoken about before, so there I am with my headphones on. Yeah, I have worries about my own clients. I'm working hard myself. I've I've got relationships with other freelancers who I'm speaking to digitally in person. It's very similar, but it's different. It's different. It doesn't feel like the same. I don't feel the dread. I don't feel the the sadness and the worry and the unfulfilled nature because everything that I'm doing, absolutely everything that I'm doing, is integral to my business and my output. If I work on something and uh, it's not up to scratch, 
I'm the one who gets the repercussion. And there's no one else I can turn to to say you didn't do that well enough. Even if I've outsourced something like an animation to an animator and they don't do a good job, then the responsibility still falls on me because I'm the one who chose that person. I briefed them. You know, I, I had a situation where I can kind of get into that a little bit. Um, I had a situation where I had built a good relationship with a with an animator on a freelancing platform. And I had basically sent this person several projects of mine. So I would sell a full video with script, uh, uh, voiceover, storyboard, edit plan, animation guidance, full video with animation, 2D and 3D animation, and license-free music, the whole, the whole shebang. And then I would outsource parts of the project, essentially. Now, um, I had this situation once where I had a good relationship built with someone and they had given me a couple of hints that they weren't quite as responsible as they should be. So, uh, for example, there, more than once, I would book, I always build in a little buffer, a little cushion of dates when I have to hand something in, because I know that things can often go wrong and you need that extra six hours or 12 hours or day or two days to get things fixed. So if something, if that video I estimate would take seven days, I would ask the client for 10 at the beginning. I would much rather be able to deliver it early than deliver it late or have to ask for more time. So I built, I always build in that little bit of a buffer and more than once, even that buffer was not enough to make up for the fact that this person had delivered work late. So it had happened two or three times and I had mentioned it two or three times, you know, this has to really be on time. Please, can you make sure this is on time? And not only that, it's not even about not delivering on time, but more than once with this freelancer, it happened that they did not just only not deliver on time, but they also disappeared. They would just stop replying. And then eventually, you know, I'd be like messaging saying like, hi, where is it? Where is it? And they would always just deliver, like just. Maybe it would be on the day they were meant to deliver or one day late or, or whatever, but it was kind of like boxed together and just about delivered. So that should have been, uh, th so, the, the quality of the work was really good. This animation was really good for the price. Uh, the level of quality was outstanding, actually, I would say. But it, it's no use if you get delivered an outstanding video and it's a little bit late because then I have the, the grief from the client. So this is something that I, I should have nipped in the bud earlier. And I, I tried. I attempted. I said... You know, next time we work, please, can you communicate better? Please, can you deliver on time? If you can't deliver on time, just let me know. Just tell me. Tell me that you can't deliver on time. Tell me when it's going to be ready. Tell me if you need anything else from me. How can I help? And this freelancer was very, very clear. They were like, no, I just had some problems. And there was always a reason, you know, it's like, oh, like this thing happened with the bus and blah, blah, blah. And then this happened, this happened, this happened. And then, it, it you know, that's why. Or they would say, yeah, the video actually was done by X date and then I just had to export it and upload it. So it was finished in, in time. And, and you know, I would, I would reply to that and say, that's no use to me as the person who's receiving the video. You, you should be finishing the video by the date, completely finished. Export, upload, everything. 
all the bells and whistles should be done before you send the video and then you can consider it submitted so that these are all little things that I should have noticed I did notice them but these are all things that I should have acted on more clearly so just before New Year's this year, I won a piece of work, a very sort of unexpected uh, purchase on my one of my profiles. And it happened uh, really quickly. The person bought a video with all the bells and whistles. It was like a really big project. And it was just a few days before New Year's Eve. I think it was maybe Boxing Day or something. So obviously... Uh, you know, I got my part done, I did whatever I could, and then I hired this freelancer and I said, look, here's the video, I really, really need you to deliver this on time, and if you need longer, tell me now, you know, let's let's make the date longer, if you think this will take longer, because there, there can't be any delay on this. I have a really stringent deadline with the client, so here's the, here's the brief, if you need more time, please tell me. And the freelancer was like, no, it's all good. And I was like, okay. So I made made sure, I was like, one more time, I was like, if you have any problems, please just communicate. Just let me know. It's no problem if you have a delay, but you can't just like disappear and not say anything. So the answer was like, no, it's all good. Three days passed, it's the deadline. And I get a message, I, I message them to say what's going on. And they say, just putting the finishing touches on ex exporting now. I'm like, great. Five hours go past, eight hours go past, ten hours go past. It's now the end of the day, of the deadline day. And there's still nothing. And I'm asking and I'm asking and I'm asking and there's no answer. There's no response. This person and, and the person hasn't even been online for the last three or four hours. So because of time differences and so on, I'm now thinking, wow, this person's like gone to sleep. And they've just completely forgotten about this video. You know, it's, it's, it's not an insignificant amount of money that's on the line here. And I'm the one who's going to have the hassle from the client if this is not submitted. So in, in that situation, what I did was instead of waiting on this person to just get back to me eventually when they do and hopefully send me a video, I thought on my feet and I just looked around for a different animator who admittedly the one I found didn't have the level of quality that the other person had. But I messaged this other animator and I said, look, I sent this message to a few animators and this is the one who responded. He was, I said, look, I've got an emergency project. I have a client who's expecting a video today and they, it won't happen basically because my freelancer has let me down. So I'm willing to pay you your price for, you know, the one that you've outlined in your uh, profile for animation and I'm willing to add an extra 20% to the contract because I want this video done by tomorrow. I know that's an insane amount of work to do and to give someone essentially a day or two to make a one or two minute long animation, it's not a lot of time and you can't expect a lot for that. But I needed something to show my client and right now I was in a situation where I had nothing. I had no video. So uh, I, I bet, yeah, like I said, I basically mentally was kind of weighing up the decision of coming clean to the client, asking them to cancel the project all the way through to 
asking for more time, waiting for my current freelancer, down to find a new freelancer and hopefully they can do it. And essentially the decision I made was I cancelled the project with the existing freelancer, which in the particular tool that I was using means that the money is immediately recredited back to my account. And it reflects obviously poorly on their profile as a cancelled order, um, which is a shame. But unfortunately, that's just the, 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 the fact of the matter, you know. I've never had a, a situation where a client cancelled my order like that because, um, you know, for whatever reason, I've always managed to, to, to either deliver on time or be very clear and communicative. I, f I feel like that's like the minimum you can do is to communicate these things, to say that something is going to be late, to say that it took longer or, or you know, I got hit by a bus, whatever, whatever the thing is, you should be able to, to communicate that. So if you just disappear and stop answering and don't even go online again, you have to kind of expect that someone's going to cancel the order when the deadline passes. So uh, cancel the order, got the money back. And then I basically hired this guy and I was like, look, dude, Here's the brief, here's the voiceover, here's everything. You've got the whole, you've got everything you need to build this video. Build me what you can in 30 hours and I'll pay you extra for the project. The guy did well, to be honest. He sent me something that was not quite the level of quality that I would share it to the client, but infinitely better than having nothing. So I was able to give him a very clear list of changes needed. So, you know, now that we have a video to actually work with, I can say, okay, so in this scene, I like that you how you've done this, but let's change this. Let's add this color. Let's get rid of this character. Let's move the text from here to here. That's a spelling mistake, blah, blah, blah. You know, th th that's different because you're like editing something. I had a vision for this video. I created the storyboard. I created the um, the assets. I've... I've uh, created the voiceover. I've written down a step-by-step -step guidance of what this animation should look like. And I've even like included examples of, of um, existing animations that I've worked on from around the web that kind of portray the image that I want to see. And this person has done his absolute best in one day to translate that into a piece of content. So now we're kind of feeding back on the content and so on. And in the meantime, I, because the deadline has now passed, you know, we are late. I sent my client everything that I had. So I sent the client my the, the script, the voiceover, the uh, animation guidance, the edit plan, all of that stuff, a description of what the video will look like. And I said, I'm partially submitting the content for this project. Here's all this stuff. Now, Give me another day and I'll send you the final video. In that situation, the client is happy because they've received a lot of work. They can see that something's actually happening. They can see that you've, you've communicated with them and, you know, they're happy to receive what they receive. And then that gave bought me the 24 hours that I needed to go back to my new freelancer, give him the guidance to fix the video. He fixes it. He sends it to me. I send it to the client. Client is like relatively happy you know we, we we had a couple of feedback changes and so on we got to the end and basically that's that's the end of the story and what I learned from that is I should have been way more aware of the limitations of this original freelancer the one who had a very high quality output but was very poor at communicating and very poor at time management deadline management and and just 
sort of very essentially unprofessional. I f I'm I'm uh, I really dislike feeling negative and and being negative about people and especially when it comes to work, you know, because the level of quality that this person delivered was very high, but if you if you can't even deliver on time and communicate when there are problems then it's only going to go one way right so it was a mistake of mine to to commit to that freelancer and to think that they would just improve and just fix these problems especially with an unexpected very large project that came in right around christmas right around new year and with the same amount of money and a little bit more and just finding the right kind of person I got a video turned around within a day or two, you know, and that relationship that I've now built with this second animator, the one who saved that project, that person's now done four or five videos for me. So it's it it's kind of like, you know, I completely pivoted away from that other person. I archived that conversation, you know, never speak to them again. And and here I am now with, with this new relationship built with this other animator who I've used several times moving forward so it's kind of it kind of showed me uh a lot basically and yeah i sort of digress that was a, a situation that happened recently so when you're doing this kind of you know freelance work and self-employed stuff you come across lots of problems so i'm always someone who would encourage people who are listening to this podcast for example let's say you 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 are someone who feels like you're not quite fitting in the work scenario or the life situation you find yourself in but the the next step or the alternative seems scary it seems unattainable you know there's a lot of positives in the stuff that you're doing you kind of like your team you kind of like your boss you kind of like your office but everything about it is not right it doesn't add up there's some fundamental errors at the base of what you're doing it's built on sand it's not going to last it's not fulfilling you it's not giving you what you need and you know if we look at that example of this piece of work as a metaphor for that i i, I had my 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 heart set on this freelancer who delivered a very high quality product but i was a I, i naively overlooked all of the problems that working with this person gave me and instead of just being in uh in, instead of having the integrity and the mental clarity to to draw a line under it and to find someone else quickly i just sort of like continued with the status quo and it really bit me on the arse <laughs> so uh it kind of yeah it's just one little example where i think it's clear you know very often you have to think about the other alternative and think about it seriously and really consider making a change really consider doing something different so to kind of bring this back around when i left the the office world i didn't think that i'd ever want to work anywhere else but in my own house you know like i really love working at home slowly little by little over the last few years i was working in coffee shops i would occasionally go to like a co-working spot and so on and i loved it i loved getting out of the house i loved you know walking around and having the freedom you know i'm not in a in an office situation so i don't have to be at a certain desk from this time to this time you can kind of do your thing which i love and 
now <laughs> I found myself having uh, subscribed to a membership to be part of a, a, an office situation, essentially. But it's a different one. It's a different one. It's one where I'm there of my own accord. I'm there not to be part of the interpolitics that's happening and, you know, the, oh my God, the investors and the creditors and da da da, like all of that stuff that you can hear people stressing about in the background. It's like, no, I've got my own stresses and my own worries. And I love it because all of those things are benefiting the, the business, the pirate ship that I'm building. I want to have my own pirate ship. And, you know, you're either on it or you're not, basically. Um, and without, you know, uh, with, without, looking forward without kind of like if I had in the past looked forward at myself sitting in an office again I would I would probably be like wow oh, you've digressed you've you know you've what you've 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 gone back in time but actually what it is 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 so much more it's like truly embracing the fact that this this lifestyle is the one that I want that remote living I can choose at any time to either go or not go to this place I can choose at any time to book a room or to not. I can choose at any time I want. If 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 I'm there, I don't have to sit in the quiet room. I can go to the, the, the chill lounge. If I don't want to sit in the chill lounge, I can go and literally sleep in a pod. If, if, I, if I'm done sleeping in the pod, I can go to the cafeteria. There's a couple of people who I know who, who uh, go to work there. They're also um, self-employed people. So I can kind of sit next to someone who I know who's working as hard as I am and we're in the same field even. There's a couple of uh, uh, stand-up comedians and a couple of freelancers who I, I, I know and um, who actually recommended this place to me. And we can sit next to each other and have lunch and so on and have that kind of camaraderie, the interpersonal connection without this deep, heavy thing where you feel like you have to kind of keep up appearances or any of that stuff. And at the end of the day, I don't have to go there. I can still work from home. I can still work from anywhere. I can travel and take a couple of bags with me and then do my work from theoretically anywhere. So I have, uh, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm stunned at the level of diversity of where the people are coming from who are listening to this podcast. Like I said, there's people in the Seychelles, there's people in uh, Florida, there's people in the UK, there's people in Germany, there was one or two up in uh, Central America. And I'm just thinking like, wow, that's that's so crazy. That's so awesome. Even that there's just, you know, five to 10 people listening to this thing is, is, is really amazing to me. And I love it. And I want to cultivate this relationship and build this community properly with you. And I hope that you're really enjoying this content, basically. I'm kind of just going with it week by week and trying to be as open and honest as possible about what's going on in my life, what's going on with um, what things I'm questioning. And admittedly, this episode has been a lot less on the spiritual, esoteric, symbolism, ancient history vibe. And it's been much more tied to my existing current uh, situation, work situation, and this this sort of like new path that I'm forging. Um, so you know, I, there will be a mix. Basically, is is what I'm saying. I wanna I wanna be able to cover all of these different kinds of things, and keep the conversation fresh, keep the uh, the ball rolling, and 
yeah, I foresee that there will be a lot more episodes uh, where I'm in conversation with other people. I still have some time, uh, a lot of footage and uh, content recorded with that friend of mine, Justin, from the first uh, episode series with someone else. So there will be more episodes from that to come. I have another uh, conversation booked in for this weekend with a friend of mine who's also a comedian and has recently made a move into the voice acting game based on a few conversations that we've had together and I've kind of been giving him some guidance on that. So I think that would be a really cool episode. So basically we're coming to the end of this episode and I want to just thank you for listening. Thank you for being involved. Thanks for jumping onto this pirate ship, even if just for this short time. There's a lot more to come. I definitely will be expanding into a lot of other topics. Right now, the, the last couple of episodes have been very specifically about my, my move from a traditional work situation to a more modern digital uh, nomad situation. And, you know, all of that has come about through questioning the status quo in my life. But I also have a lot of other big, bigger, deeper questions that I want to pose and to talk about. And this relates to lost ancient high technology, lucid dreaming, dimension hopping, all this stuff that I've been getting deep into recently. Um, I hope you'll enjoy that just as much. And with that, basically, all that's left to say is thanks again. I'm so appreciative for anyone who's listening to this, no matter where you are in the world. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks. And I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Question This Life. You can listen to the podcast at questionthislife.com, as well as all of the main podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and get involved. Video episodes are exclusively available at questionthislife.com.